بسم الله بسم الله والحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه ومن وله أما بعد السلام عليكم ورحمة الله تعالى وبركاته. So today, inshallah, we are on Hadith number three. This is the Hadith of Abdullah bin Umar, in which he says that the Prophet sallallahu says, "بني الإسلام على خمس شهادة أن لا إله إلا الله وأن محمدا عبده ورسوله." وإقام الصلاة وإيتاء الزكاة وحج البيت وصوم رمضان. That Islam is, you could say, built upon or is upon the foundation of five pillars, testifying to the fact that there is no God, nothing worthy of worship except Allah, that Muhammad is his slave and messenger, that the establishment of prayer, the paying of zakah, the pilgrimage to the house, and fasting the month of Ramadan. Oh, I, I did it wrong because I was putting for, for the shahada, I put two. Shahada is basically, they can count as one, so it's not six, it's five. Um, yes, so um, who is Abdullah ibn Umar? First and foremost, Abdullah ibn Umar, the rawi, the narrator, he is the son of Umar ibn al-Khattab, the second khalifa of Islam. He embraced Islam with his father, and he was one of the four, or sometimes say, people say five, abadira. There was, there was the, uh, because of the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ, that, uh, it seems that there was, because this hadith, or maybe even just the name Abdullah was popular, but uh, many people, because the Prophet said that Abdullah and Abdurrahman are two of the best names, it seems that there are many people who were already named Abdullah or also uh, uh, named their children Abdullah. So there was, this was a, uh, a popular name. And so the five most famous Abadila, who, subhanAllah, they were, uh, you know, scholars of Islam and uh, great either warriors or, uh, you know, each of them have an incredible history. Who are they? They're Abdullah ibn Umar. Uh, he was a scholar. Uh, Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, also a scholar. Abdullah ibn Abbas, Tarjaman al-Quran. Abdullah ibn Amr ibn al-As and Abdullah ibn Zubair. So these five were the, these great five uh, abadila who were, uh, subhanAllah, they, they, their contribution to Islam is, is incredible. Now in terms of Abdullah ibn Umar, who we're focusing on right now, he avoided political strife they, during the time fitna between Ali ibn Talib عنه, and between uh, Muawiyah عنه, he stayed away he, he tried to avoid uh, the, 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 the fight between them and instead he uh, uh, you know simply tried to teach the deen and so forth but that doesn't mean some people try to accuse him of being a coward and that's simply not true because he went to North Africa to be a fighter over there and so he did participate in battle, he did participate in jihad, just he made sure he stayed away from any sort of jihad that was between Muslims, any sort of fighting that was between Muslims. When it came to expanding uh, the empire of Islam and uh, throughout Egypt and so forth, uh, then he was very much um, uh, uh, ambitious and, and uh, you know, uh, willing to do so. Uh, how many ahadith did he narrate? Uh, in the, around 2,630 ahadith, so subhanAllah, there's a lot, a lot of our deen and a lot of knowledge that we get from the Prophet uh, through Abdullah ibn Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu. And so yes, he narrated this hadith, Bunyal Islamu ala khamsin, that the foundation and the idea of when you say Bunyal Islam, it's implying that Islam is, and this is so foundational, this is uh, essential to the structure. And it, implying that without these foundational pillars, then the structure will not exist. And so they are irreplaceable. This is, this is very powerfully worded. And so we have to pay close attention to these uh, pillars of Islam and make sure that our deen is sound, bi-ithnillahi ta'ala. Uh, that shahadati, uh, uh, number one is, uh, shahadati an la ilaha illallah. That you testify that there is no deity except Allah. Now, 
because we talked about this issue when we talked about Iman, we talked about how Iman is not just to say, oh, I have faith. Uh, I'm going to go through this a bit quickly, but I still think it's necessary that we recap some of these points. But inshallah ta'ala, I'm not going to go through too much painstaking detail. But still, we should remember that when you testify, la ilaha illallah, it is not sufficient to just say that I have testified it and that's enough. That's not enough. Why is that not enough? Because the munafiqeen, they testify. Right? We know that hypocrites, they testify, la ilaha illallah, Muhammad Rasulullah. In fact, that's how Surah Al-Munafiqoon begins. It begins by mentioning how they... Uh, testify that the Prophet ﷺ is a messenger of Allah and Allah testifies that they are liars. So you have to have certain conditions to that testification. What are the conditions? Number one, you have to have knowledge of it. You can't just say it and not know what you're talking about. As Allah says in Surah Muhammad, know that there is no deity except Allah. So knowledge has to be there. As Allah, say, as Allah Ta'ala says, what? وَلَا يَمْلِكُ الَّذِينَ يَدْعُونَ مِن دُونِهِ الشَّفَاعَةَ إِلَّا مَنْ شَهِدَ بِالْحَقِّ وَهُمْ يَعْلَمُونَ That those who make dua and invoke besides other uh, than Allah, like those who uh, uh, they, they, um, uh, they uh, pray to other than Allah, they don't possess any power for intercession, but only those who testify to the truth and they know it. So testifying to the truth while knowing it, as Allah says in Surah Al-Zukhruf, وَهُمْ يَعْلَمُونَ Furthermore, the Prophet ﷺ says, مَنْ مَاتَ وَهُوَ يَعْلَمُ Whoever dies while he knows أَنَّهُ لَا إِلَهِ اللَّهِ دَخَلَ الْجَنَّةِ Whoever dies while fully knowing that there is no God but Allah will enter paradise. Sahih Muslim. So knowledge is necessary. Number two is what? Yaqeen. Certainty. Allah says, إِنَّمَا الْمُؤْمِنُونَ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا بِاللَّهِ وَرَسُولِهِ ثُمَّ لَمْ يَرْتَابُوا That the believers are only those who they believe in Allah and His Messenger, then, then they don't have doubt. ثُمَّ لَمْ يَرْتَابُوا They don't have doubt in that. In other words, there has to be that level of uh, uh, sincerity, or I should say, excuse me, I should say uh, certainty. Furthermore, the Prophet says what? أَشْهَدُوا أَنْ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهُ وَأَنِّي رَسُولُ اللَّهِ لَا يَلْقَ اللَّهِ بِهِمَا عَبْدٌ غَيْرَ شَاكٍ in, again, Sahih Muslim, I bear witness to the fact that there is no God worthy of worship except Allah, and that I am His Messenger. The slave who would meet Allah without entertaining any doubt about these two fundamentals will enter paradise. So as long as you know La ilaha illallah, Muhammad Rasulullah, and you have ghayra shakin, without having doubt in this, then inshallah ta'ala you will, I mean, as the Prophet says, then you will enter paradise. Now, it's important to remember that when it comes to a zan or a shak, or, uh, uh, you know, raib, all these various words for uh, uh, suspicion. Suspicion can be very dangerous. And the reason suspicion can be dangerous is because, I mean, there's two main uh, sources of, uh, uh, you know, uh, sin in Islam. They are uh, doubts and desires, right? Shubuhat and shahawat. That's why we say, We talked about this before. So the idea is that we, we make dua to protect us from doubts and desires. Now, oftentimes we say desires are worse. And, you know, that could be the case for some people, but oftentimes... Actually, desires aren't as bad as doubts. Why is that the case? Because when it comes to your desires, you might have a desire to do evil, and then you fall into it, you do that haram, and then because you've experienced it, you have satisfied yourself, or even become disillusioned by it, right? Sometimes you do something haram and realize, I don't want to do this anymore. You realize that it wasn't as fun as I thought it would be. It's not as great as I had expected. And therefore, you are more quick to make tawbah to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. However, when it comes to uh, uh, doubts, those can often linger, and they just never go away. I've spoken to people who've told me, oh yeah, I've had doubts about this issue for, you know, 10 years. And it's like, subhanAllah, you never looked into it? See, if it was a desire, 
It wouldn't have lasted 10 years. The desire would have perpetuated for a little while. They would have eventually done it and then maybe gotten over it. Inshallah, they would have made tawbah and realized it wasn't as good as they thought. And then, you know, uh, matured past it, turned back to Allah and gotten over it. You know, there's a sort of a, a natural cycle to these things. Whereas with doubts, they can theoretically linger for a long time. That's a very, very big problem. Because when those doubts linger for a long time, eventually it could chip away at your iman. So the point is what? Don't let suspicions or doubts linger. If you have a doubt, research, ask questions, learn, read, do some searches online, listen to some lectures, do whatever you got to do. Don't let doubts linger. Attack them with knowledge. That is perhaps one of the best things you can do to cure, or absolutely the best thing you can do to cure your doubts is to address them immediately and don't let them linger around because that's how they do damage. Number three is qubul, acceptance of this la ilaha illallah. Or you could even say another one is mahabba, love for this la ilaha illallah. That you just, you, you don't just, because you could say it, but you don't accept it deep in your heart or you don't have love for it. You just, you, you're like, and the good example of this is shaitan. Shaitan knows that Allah is only one, but he's angry at this. He hates this fact. Right? He hasn't accepted it in his heart. He knows it's intellectually true, but in his heart he's rejecting it. He's angry at it. So you have to have qubul and mahabba for it. Yes, and this is, uh, uh, so like for example, the Bani Israel, when Allah Ta'ala mentions them and talks about their problems, Allah says what? أَفَتُؤْمِنُونَ بِبَعْضِ الْكِتَابِ وَتَكْفُرُونَ بِبَعْضِ So do you, do you, uh, uh, do you uh, um, uh, believe in some parts and that you reject others? In other words, obviously they knew the entirety of Islam is true, but they are still in opposition to some parts of it. So this is unallowed. This is, this is not permitted. Allah Ta'ala mentions furthermore, وَمَا كَانَ لِمُؤْمِنٍ وَلَا مُؤْمِنَةٍ إِذَا قَضَى اللَّهُ وَرَسُولُهُ أَمْرًا أَنْ يَكُونَ لَهُمْ that it is not for a believer, a believing man or a believing woman when Allah and His Messenger have decided a matter that they should thereafter have any choice in this affair. In other words, once the, once the Amr has come down, the Qada of Allah Ta'ala has come down, then the matter is sealed. And Allah Ta'ala also says that when it comes to love, وَمِنَ النَّاسِ مَنْ يَتَّخِذُ مِن دُونِ اللَّهِ أَنْدَادًا يُحِبُّونَهُمْ كَحُبِّ اللَّهِ وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا أَشَّدُّ حُبًّا لِلَّهِ Beautiful ayah where Allah Ta'ala tells us what? That from amongst mankind are those who they take others than Allah and they love them as they should love Allah. But those who believe they always have more love for Allah, they are more intense in their love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So these are these conditions of la ilaha illallah, that you accept it, that you have love for it, uh, and so forth. Yes. And furthermore, uh, the Prophet says what? Uh, there are three people who possess, if they have these three qualities, then they have the sweetness of iman. And the first one is what? مَنْ كَانَ اللَّهُ وَرَسُولُهُ أَحَبَّ إِلَيْهِ مِمَّا سِوَاهُمَا That the one who, Allah and His Messenger, become more dear to this person than anybody other than them. That Allah Ta'ala and His Messenger are more beloved to you than anything else, then this is the sweetness of iman. So clearly, this mahabba uh, uh, is necessary. This is a necessary part of La ilaha illallah. Furthermore is al-inqiyad. You have to submit to it. Wa'anibu ila rabbikum wa'aslimu lahu. That you have to submit to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Wa'man ahsanu deenan mimman aslama wajhahu lillah. That who is better in their deen, in their way of life, than the one who submits himself to Allah ta'ala. So this is part of la ilaha illallah, to submit yourself and give yourself to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala fully. Also, it has to be truthful. It has to be, you can't just say it like, uh, you know, uh, uh, for a show. This is obviously speaking about the hypocrites. Yeah, and the Prophet says that the one who says, La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah, Sidqan min qalbihi, that you have to have it truthful from your heart. 
Also, it has to be exclusive to Allah Ta'ala and to Allah alone. This is ikhlas, sincerity, uh, as, as Allah Ta'ala mentions. وَمَن يَكْفُرْ وَيُؤْمِن بِاللَّهِ that Allah says that whoever you have to, it's not just that you accept the oneness of Allah, but that you actively make kufr of everything that is against that. You can't just say, yes, I believe in Islam, but I also kind of have beliefs here and there. No, you have to actively do what? You have to disbelieve in tahut, any sort of shirk, anything that rivals Islam. You have to actively be against it. Then whoever does so uh, uh, has grasped the most uh, uh, trustworthy handhold. As Allah Ta'ala says. And there are many different ayat like فَعْبُدُ اللَّهَ مُخْلِصًا لَهُ الدِّينَ Right? وَمَا أُمِرُوا إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُ اللَّهَ مُخْلِصِينَ لَهُ الدِّينَ حُنَفَاء Right? Many, many various ayat where Allah Ta'ala says that worship Allah sincere, making it exclusive, exclusive to Him. And they were not commanded except to worship Allah being sincere and making the religion sincere and exclusive to Allah and inclining towards the truth. And the seventh and final condition of la ilaha illallah is that it can't be temporary. In other words, you have to die upon this. It's not, a, it's not sufficient to say, oh yeah, I believe in la ilaha illallah and I accepted it. And I, uh, I was truthful in my belief in it. And I acted upon it. And, and, and all these different conditions, the only thing is I didn't die upon it. I, I left it after, I don't know, a couple of weeks. Not sufficient. Allah Ta'ala says what? Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu taqwallaha haqqa tuqatihi wa la tamutunna illa wa antum muslimoon. Right? You guys hear it every Jum'ah, right? So that is the conditions of La ilaha illallah. And again, I went through it a little bit quickly because we talked about the, uh, uh, how Iman is complete when we talked about Imanu Billahi wa Malaikati wa Kutubihi wa Rusulih in the previous hadith. So I didn't want to go too long on this. Now, when it comes to Wa'anna Muhammadan Abduhu Rasuluh, again, we have to remember that Allah Ta'ala is the one who. Uh, 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 he is the one who chooses. Uh, that Allah Ta'ala is the one who can choose whoever He wills. And He chose the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And Allah says, Allahu a'lamu haythu yaj'alu risalatahu. He knows best where to place His message. So Allah Ta'ala chose the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and we accept that this is the best choice. Furthermore, that the Prophet was sent to all of mankind. O mankind, I am a messenger of Allah to you. Uh, to all of you, to all of mankind, inclusively, everybody is uh, is is to follow the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu as opposed to, in contrast to all previous uh, uh, messengers, they were sent to their people specifically. And Subhanallah, just so happens that after the life of the Prophet we see that nowadays we have widespread information through uh, uh, whether it be internet or so forth. We have transportation. You know, people can go be in one country and then another country within within the day. Subhanallah, it goes to show that uh, it came right. The final messenger came at a time where his example would be global. And so that need for a messenger in different parts and different areas, that need is no longer there. Subhanallah, this is from Allah Ta'ala's hikmah. Furthermore, the Prophet says what? أُعْطِيتُ خَمْسًا لَمْ أَحَدٌ مِنَ الْأَنْبِيَاءِ قَبْلِ That I have been given five things that were not given to any amongst the prophets before me. And now this uh, particular uh, hadith, I mean, I'm not going to go through all five, but one of them is وَكَانَ النَّبِيُّ uh, uh, the Prophet says that every other Prophet, they would be sent to their people, but I was sent to mankind in their entirety. So this is, again, a specific quality of the Prophet. Believing in the Messenger means that he was chosen by Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala knows who best to choose. That he was sent to all of mankind. That he conveyed the message correctly. As Allah says, وَمَا عَلَى الرَّسُولِ إِلَّا الْبَلَاغُ الْمُبِينَ It is 
only upon the Prophet ﷺ to convey clearly. This is what his job was, and he's testified. What? قَدْ تَرَكْتُكُمْ عَلَى الْبَيْضَاءِ لَيْلُهَا كَنَهَارِهَا لَا يَزِيغُ عَنْهَا بَعْدِ إِلَّا هَالِكَ That I am leaving you upon a path that is bright, whose night is like its day. In other words, there's nothing, nothing is, is ambiguous anymore. This deen of Islam is very clear. Nobody will deviate from it after I am gone, but somebody who is doomed. In other words, if you leave the, the truth after this, that is not on me. That I have conveyed the message. Now it's on you to apply it. Uh, uh, and obviously that the Prophet is the final Prophet. مَا كَانَ مُحَمَّدٌ أَبَا أَحَدٍ مِّنْ رِجَالِكُمْ وَلَكِنْ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ وَخَاتَمَ النَّبِيِّينَ That Muhammad is not the messenger of any one of your men, but he is the messenger of Allah and the last of the Prophets. Now what are the conditions that obviously this is what it means to believe in the prophethood of the Prophet Muhammad but on top of that there are certain conditions. One is to love him. It's not just that, oh, I accept he's a messenger, but I didn't like this or that about him. No, that you genuinely have love. قُلْ إِنْ كَانَ آبَاؤُكُمْ It's a long ayah. Allah says in Surah At-Tawbah, Say, if your fathers, your sons, your brothers, your wives, your relatives, the wealth which you have obtained, your commerce wherein you fear decline, uh, and dwellings with which you are pleased, are more beloved. أَحَبَّ إِلَيْكُمْ مِنَ اللَّهِ وَرَسُولِهِ وَجِهَادٍ فِي سَبِيلِهِ uh, that if they are more beloved to you than Allah and His Messenger and striving in His cause, then wait Allah, wait until Allah Ta'ala will execute His command. And Allah does not guide people who are defiantly disobedient. So Allah Ta'ala is telling us what? That if you don't put Allah and His Messenger in your heart as number one, the top, if you have love for Allah and His Messenger, then these, this is, this, these are the qualities of the people of fisq, people of who are fasiqeen, people of, you could say, defiant disobedience. So that love, it's not just accepting that He's the Messenger, but also having love for Him. The second condition is what? Accepting His example. You can't just say, yes, He's a Messenger, and yes, I have love for Him, but I don't follow anything that He says. Why? لَقَدْ كَانَ لَكُمْ فِي رَسُولِ اللَّهِ أُسْوَةٌ حَسَنَةٌ That certainly, Allah says that there has certainly been for you in the Messenger of Allah an excellent Example, an excellent pattern of behavior. And furthermore, Allah says what? قُلْ إِن كُنْتُمْ تُحِبُّونَ اللَّهِ فَاتَّبِعُونِي يُحْبِبُكُمُ اللَّهِ That say, O Muhammad tell this to the people, that if you truly love Allah, then follow me, and Allah will love you and forgive you, uh, 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 and forgive your sins. Now this ayah is so powerful, specifically because there are so many people that claim love of God. And you know what, maybe they're truthful. But you loving God is not as important as what? That God loves you. That's what really matters. Anybody can say, I love God. I love God. Well, does God love you? That's, you better be nervous about that one, right? You better be, make sure that Allah actually loves you. That's what's important. And oftentimes people will say, I love God so much that I do this. I have my own personal form of worship. I, I don't know, I spin in circles or I jump up and down or, or we sing praises or we run around, uh, I don't know, I go in nature and I appreciate this and I go do that. And they have also, or jumping into certain rivers, I'm referring to certain religions, they say, oh, this is our form of worship, this is our form of worship. There's many different people that say that out of love of God, they do all kinds of things. But Allah Ta'ala says, tell this to the people. If you truly love Allah, فَاتَّبِعُونِي, then follow me. Don't tell me that you love me so much that you come to my grave and you pray to me. That's not, no, follow me. Don't tell me that you love me so much that you jump up and down or that you hit yourself or you cry, you slap yourself, you run around. I don't know, all sorts of things. None of that is following me. If you truly love Allah, then follow the messenger. That's why messengers are sent. That's the whole purpose, that Allah sends them to be followed. So if you truly love Allah, then look at the life of the Prophet and say, am I praying like he's praying? 
Am I being charitable? Am I giving da'wah? Am I fighting? Am I striving? Am I standing up for truth? Am I, uh, you know, uh, doing birrul uh, walidain or 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 uh, uh, you know, uh, helping the orphans, etc., etc., and so on and so forth. There's so many things that we can look to the life of the Prophet and say, "Am I doing that?" Because that is what's going to earn me Allah Taala's love. So I hope that's clear. Furthermore, the Prophet says what that. Uh, uh, you know, there were some people that they heard that the Prophet you know, he would fast sometimes and break his fast. And he would, you know, uh, he had wives and, and so on and so forth. And so they said, you know, that is the messenger of Allah, but we, we want to go more than that. We need Allah's love even more. So you know what, I'm going to fast and I will uh, uh, never, okay, I'll, we'll continue after this. Uh, we'll continue in the next portion, inshallah.